Hey, finance folk. I think the EU undersells itself. No, I take that back. I don't think that. I know that. The European Union has the overly polite habit of not bragging about itself. Come on, it's sweet generis. Who doesn't like that? It's a really, really good thing. It brings good things to something like 500 million people directly and countless others outside the EU. But it's awfully quiet about its accomplishments. It's like it does do great things for people and keeps hoping everyone sees it. For example, the EU doesn't trumpet about being the biggest humanitarian aid donor in the world. It doesn't brag about being the biggest international development aid donor this world has ever seen either. So what's the problem? Why does the EU play itself down when the rest of the world is busy trying to find ways to play themselves up? Maybe it's the ingrained European feeling of politeness that one shouldn't brag about one's good deeds. Why isn't the EU tooting its own horn? Fine, now let's talk money. Money is numbers. The EU's really good at money and super good at numbers. The EU is, correct me if I'm wrong, a safe haven for investment. We're one of two markets in the world where you know your money isn't going to evaporate. It's the stable partner. You know, the one who sticks by you. Governments borrow. The EU borrows. It borrows to get stuff done. Some investments are better than others, while others are pretty risky. I've always looked at the EU as one of the best bets I have ever made. It hasn't let me down yet. Let's check out the EU as a borrower. I've asked Niall Bowen, who works for the EU Commission's Directorate General for Budget, to join me. He's the director in charge of borrowing and lending. But more importantly, he used to work for us, for GG FISMA, what I like to call the Ministry of Finance of the EU. So he's cool. He's going to walk me through how the EU issues debt, how our bonds, EU bonds, work, why they work, and why they're a good idea. Hi, Niall. Welcome to the podcast. Let's jump right into it. What are EU bonds? Uh, good morning, Idis. Uh, EU bonds are uh, the EU equivalent of what member states have been doing for centuries to finance uh, their government expenditures. Essentially, we are borrowing money in capital markets uh, from investors to finance current expenditure. Uh, in short, we're, we're basically uh, taking money from, from investors that trust us uh, with the promise that we will repay when the bond expires in three or 30 years time. Um, and each year, the investor is also entitled to receive a, a coupon payment or an interest payment to keep them, you know, so they earn income on, on, on what they've, uh, they, they've entrusted us with. So that's, that, in a nutshell, is, is what it is. Just uh, we're writing IOUs to get money uh, from, uh, from cash-rich investors uh, to spend on, on uh, current priorities. Understood. Okay. Um, well, you, you, you said this has been going on for centuries. Well, how much has the EU issued? Right. Obviously, we haven't been around for centuries uh, and, and uh, we've been issuing for about 40 years, uh, but in very small amounts. Uh, when I took over this job at the start of 2020, we had issued about 50 billion uh, outstanding. Um, since October 2020, we have issued a further 350 billion. So the, we, we've just uh, moved to a different scale, a different trajectory. Uh, so we now have about 400 billion uh, euro uh, in debt outstanding, uh, issued through 75 securities. So we're pretty much issuing annually the equivalent of what Spain is issuing, uh, just behind Germany, Italy, France, uh, fourth, fifth placed uh, sovereign issuer in, uh, in the EU. 
Um, and, and that's uh, been, been a remarkable turnaround compared to the 500 million euros that we issued in 2019. So that's, um, yeah, it's been quite a journey to, from there to here. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that uh, it, this isn't just some sort of wacky EU spending spree uh, for, for just for giggles. It's probably because uh, related to COVID and to um, the, the food and financial crisis that uh, has been exacerbated or caused by, by Russia's aggression against Ukraine. Am I right on that? Uh, absolutely. Um, what what has happened here in the last couple of years is is that we've been, Europe has been hit by this succession of uh, of crises. First, the pandemic, uh, then then the Ukraine invasion and the energy crisis. So uh, I think here the EU has been able to step up to, to respond to these challenges precisely because it has been able to to use this uh, new uh, funding mechanism, uh, debt issuance on on a large scale. Uh, to, to finance EU public goods, in this case, stabilization of the EU faced with the pandemic, keeping people in jobs, temporary employment support, uh, and, and then uh, funding the, the climate uh, transition through the uh, next generation EU. And now, more recently, uh, financial assistance to Ukraine. Uh, that's what we're, we're borrowing uh, 20 billion this year to, to finance Ukraine. Um how safe are EU bonds? Is this is this a good investment? Is this something that I should tell my grandparents? Well, God bless the God rest their souls, or my parents uh, to uh, to invest in? Or look, it's uh, it, it, it's backed by a cast iron guarantee from the EU budget. Uh, so we are issuing uh, this, these IOUs uh, and the 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 promise to repay the money uh, on, on at maturity to the investor is is uh, underpinned copper fastened by the fact that the the union budget is there mm -hmm. uh there are amounts baked into the budget uh, to allow us to repay the debt when it, when it comes due and member states are ultimately uh committed on the hook uh to provide us uh with the own resource needed to to to, to kind of uh, repay this debt so we are triple a rated mm -hmm. uh, that rating is you know we're right up there with austria germany uh, netherlands um that rating has been reaffirmed recently by moody's by fitch and so on and so forth so and that is a huge strength for 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 the eu in uh, in financing what uh, what we have to bring to market and, and ensures that that investors uh, are, are are really invested in in in, in the project, in the program. Mm -hmm. you, you, you've already mentioned a couple of, of, of things that are financed by the EU bonds, but I, I want to ask specifically, you know, so in a nutshell, what, what are the main things that are financed by, by EU bonds? Since 2020, what have we done? 100 billion euros for sure, which was the temporary employment support scheme. So we, we borrowed, we transferred 100 billion to 18 member states. So this was during the COVID crisis? This was the, through 20 end of 20 to the start of 22. Um, that worked well. So uh, we uh, in DG Budge thought we could dial up uh, the scale ambition and, and put that to work in the recovery plan. And now we're borrowing up to 800 billion euros. So five to 7% of EU GDP uh, over the period to 26, 150 billion a year mm -hmm. to finance uh, ORF grants to member states, ORF loans, uh, top up for EU cohesion uh, policies and structural funds. Uh, so this is this is the mainstay of what we do. And that's the the backbone of, of all the issuance is the next generation EU. Uh, you've all seen the, the, the posters on the side of the Berlaymont. Um, and, and all of that is possible because we can now issue this debt on this scale with this regularity and, and keep investors, uh, investors can't get enough of this, uh, of, of this paper. And then more recently, we've uh, started funding Ukraine financial assistance. Member states 
realized or are, are, are cash strapped. Mm-hmm. The EU budget is uh, has reached the limits of its flexibilities. Um, so having the uh, ability to turn to bond issuance to 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 respond to crises has has really been a godsend in in, in the recent times. Um, you, you just mentioned something that that um, struck a chord. Uh, you said uh, investors can't get enough of this, and also earlier you mentioned that um, you know we're up there with uh, with uh, with Germany. I mean, like you know, when, whenever you think about European bonds, or whenever investors think about European bonds, of course they think about Germany as being a sort of a safe haven. Am I right? Yeah. So, um, what, what's the what's the added value of issuing EU bonds? Why doesn't the EU just have the member states issue? bonds like, you know, piggyback on Germany, as it were. What's the point of the EU doing it itself? Well, there, there are three three elements to this. So the first is, uh, I, I don't think the German taxpayer or the German sovereign can can assume debt on behalf of, of the collectivity of, of, of EU member states. <laughs> yeah. Secondly, the uh, there are collective goods, and we've seen that uh, collective public goods, European values, European policies, uh, and we see those very much, the, the Green Deal, uh, Ukraine support where the EU27 as as a block wishes to uh, respond together um, and EU bond issuance allows us to 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 mobilize those funds where each member state is assigned a pro rata share of of this of the debt and will take care of its uh, GNI share of of the repayment in mm-hmm. due course uh, so it's a very clear transparent effective budgetary uh, mechanism and then final point is some lending we do uh, to third countries or EU member states uh, instead of them. So we step into the market instead of in the past Portugal and Ireland during the global financial crisis. We borrowed instead of them because they were shut out of the market mm. or, or could only borrow at, at exorbitant rates. Whereas we had a, a triple triple uh, A rating, we could substitute ourselves for them, borrow more cheaply and transfer to a uh, uh, th- those terms onto them, and that that has proved to be a very uh, attractive proposition. Um, it's reflected in the fact that 18 member states wanted sure loans from us mm-hmm. on, on precisely these terms. Uh, a lot of member states want ORF loans from us, uh, and, and uh, it's also what, how we help uh, third countries such as uh, such as Ukraine, Moldova, North Macedonia, others uh, with with financial assistance. So. I, I think there are there are many good reasons why why EU bond issuance makes makes sense uh, to have this string in the EU's bow, and um, uh, I, I think it has proven its worth in in, in particularly in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So, so, oh, speaking of worth, um, how has this bond issuance program weathered the interest rate spike and the general financial turmoil that we've got going on? Yeah, when we when we started the issuance. Uh, Back in uh, October 20 with the sure bonds uh, and then launched the next generation EU, built a, built a new infrastructure for that. It was a bit of a honeymoon period for, for uh, us as an issuer. Interest rates were uh, super low uh, due to quantitative easing um, and, and uh, the, the stage of the, the economic monetary cycle we were at. That has rever- changed dramatically in the past uh, past eighteen months. Our interest rates have increased by over three percent. Which, for anybody uh, listening who who knows financial markets, this this is black swan event. This mm. is really uh, off the scale. Um, and that is that increase interest rate rise has been common to every every issuer, be they be they Germany uh, as sovereign, be they any other sovereign. Banks, corporates, anybody raising money through debt issuance is faced with these steeper rates. Mm. We haven't been a, immune to that, no, nowhere to hide. Uh, so our rates have, have increased. 
They've increased slightly more than than France and Germany for technical reasons, uh, nothing to do with the fundamentals of of our issuance program. We're a very liquid, highly rated regular issuer, uh, but for historical reasons, the pricing of our bonds includes a, a premium compared to uh, compared to the sovereigns, um, which we're trying to trying to address over the course of this year and next. Uh, but but there's just purely technical reasons why there's a small wedge uh, f- for us to to France and Germany, for example. Uh, but globally, uh, what we see slight higher prices, but continued huge investor interest in our bonds. All our bond issuance this year uh, has been, you know, investors have wanted 11 times more uh, of the paper than we have been able to or that we have needed to to, to print. So this, this oversubscription by investors has, has remained really, really uh, strong, which is a, a very clear sign that investors trust this paper, mm-hmm. trust the EU as an issuer. Okay, so so um, that leads me to two questions. Um, first is uh, who are those investors? Who who are the buyers of these EU bonds? And the second is is more of a technical question of how how does it work? How are EU bonds issued, and how are they dispersed? Yeah, the investors uh, there's over a thousand of them uh, scattered across seventy countries at this stage. Uh, but the bulk uh, the bulk of our investors are uh, EU Euro, uh, European. Um, and that focus uh, or the, the strong European dimension uh, of our issuance, I think, is is understandable. European investors really get what this program is funding, uh, financing. They understand the values behind it and, and uh, they're, they're, they're fully, uh, fully on board with this. We have a lot of official sector institutions from Asia uh, looking for currency uh, or to invest their, their reserves, currency reserves in a diversified way, move out, out of dollar and, and euro is is useful for them. Um, so they're about seven, eight percent of of our investor base as well. Uh, so it's it's a wide geographical mix, but but largely uh, largely EU driven. Uh, in terms of who buys it, uh, it's a lot of pension and, and insurance companies, long term investors who who uh, lot, particularly interested in our green bonds. We have a lot of banks, bank treasuries, uh, and the official sector, as uh, as I said. But Fifty uh, percent would be would be the asset managers, pension funds, insurance companies. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, so I'm I'm guessing that that's how a retail investor would would get a, a piece of the action would be through funds, right? There isn't any way for like me, you know. I mean, you know how in the movies there's, you know, especially in American movies, there's like in 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 the safe there's treasury bonds that people pull out and there's a big stack of them and they you know um, they, they they rob that and run away. Is there such a thing in EU bonds? I mean, can I buy a certificate that shows that I've got a piece of an EU bond? Yeah, well, thanks to you guys in FISMA, we have <laughs> dematerialized everything. So fortunately, those uh, those those days are gone. Uh, when when but it 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 isn't so long since it was. You used to work for FISMA. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, right. I, I deny any responsibility. Um, no, uh, our our bonds are 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 booked with Clearstream Luxembourg for the moment uh, as our central securities depository, and in future we'll migrate some of that to the National Bank of Belgium. Uh, we uh, that, that's a project we're working on uh, to lock in the Euro system, Europe, uh, and, and European Central Bank uh, as our settlement agents, uh, fiscal agents, and so on and so forth. Uh, everything is is. Hold it now. Uh, so the transfer of securities from one investor to another is, is done electronically, um, much more efficient, much uh, m- much safer. Um, can EU citizens buy these bonds, or can they break into a bank and steal them? Uh, that, I, I, maybe they can do the latter. But uh, our our bonds are institutional only for a number of reasons. Initially, you know the rates they were negative rates. We, we couldn't be 
asking retail investors to, to kind of pay awesome. us to, to take our paper. We don't have the distribution capacity to, uh, to, to uh, deal with the retail market. So our access to the retail market is indirect um, through pension funds and asset managers. Okay. Um, this is probably going to be my last question, unless you've got something to add. Um, who's doing this? I mean, like how, you know, how big is the team? Where is it? Who, who are these people that are doing all of this uh, EU bond stuff? Yeah, uh, it's 30, 30 great people uh, between here and uh, Brussels, and but mostly Luxembourg. Most of the colleagues are do their day to day uh, out of our office uh, are in in Drosbach in in Luxembourg. Uh, it's thirty full time equivalents spread across the funding planning, the uh, deal execution, the liquidity management, uh, back office and settlement and, and legal support. So it's, you know, this is, this is the Ryanair of, uh, of debt issuance uh, uh, programs compared to when we look at our national equivalents, we are doing this on a shoestring, but uh, it's, it's possible thanks to some, some really brilliant people, some of whom have come join us from uh, member state uh, institutions as national experts, uh, but mostly uh, our, our core staff. The commission has been doing this for a while, so we've had a core team supplemented now by a lot of uh, new recruits and, and uh, temporary agents from outside the commission, bringing in the specialist skills we need from from the private sector or uh, other peer institutions. So it's not it's not a whole bunch of people. Um, another thing that has made it possible to do this on a shoestring is the the work with other EU institutions, ECB, as I said, managing our accounts, doing a super job uh, as our fiscal paying agent, Banque de France running our auction uh, platform for us. Um, and in future, uh, National Bank of Belgium, for example, helping being our central securities depository. So we've been able to get this buy-in from across the uh, European public sector uh, because everybody sees the, the collective interest in, in this program working uh, for the benefit of, uh, of the EU. Yeah, I get it. But I mean, you've blown my mind with the number 30 people. I mean, the, the amount of money that the EU is raising through these bonds, and it's a team of 30 people doing it, just, I mean, to toot the EU's horn, actually, I mean, that's amazingly efficient. And it's obviously very good money, uh, very good value for money in, in the sense of such a small team doing, doing so much. Um, so Niall, uh, thank you very much for coming and, and giving me this this rundown about uh, EU bonds. Uh, it was interesting, and now I definitely have a much better understanding of, of how it works. And I'm I'm very happy to find out that it's 30 people because that really is a, such a small number for so much work and so much value. So thank you very much. Yeah, thanks on their behalf as well, Idis. Have, have a good day. Well, that was easy. Turns out the EU hasn't invented the wheel. It has, like everything else it does, tweaked it and made it a little bit better. The European Commission is empowered by the EU treaties to borrow from the international capital markets on behalf of the European Union. It is a well-established name in debt securities markets with a very strong track record of successful bond issuance over the past 40 years. All EU bond issuances executed by the European Commission are exclusively in euro. We like our own currency. No surprise there. It may not be the sexiest product on the market, but it certainly represents a safe and stable investment. The EU uses bonds to fund EU policy programs, including the 800 plus billion Next Generation EU and the Commission Macrofinancial Assistance Plus program for Ukraine. These two programs represent the future, the green transition 
and Ukraine's rebuilding after Russia's brutal attack on Ukraine and by proxy on Europe and the West. These bonds represent safe investments for countless investors and money for programs that the EU is proud of. This is the real deal, real money, real investments for the future. It's big. It's something that the EU can be proud of, and it's something the EU has been doing well for the last 40 years and being politely quiet about it. Perhaps it's time it started tooting its own horn. That's it for today. As always, please let others know about this podcast. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Until next time. Bye.